Check one, two. There we go. Remind you of the, the Giveify app that everyone's, just, she's wanting everyone to load. But we, I, I got mine uh, uh, downloaded, so, and to, and to sew. It is an app. It's called Giveify. Givelify, Givelify, and you can download it, and it, your location, your locator picks up on it, and it gives you wherever you are, you click on the little icon of where you are according to your location, and it, it clues you to that ministry and allows you to hook directly to that ministry's website and give. Pretty cool app. Pretty cool app. Um, it's, it's really cool if you're like visiting somewhere. Um, I know when it's when it's my own home, my own place of worship, there's there's something about it to me to bring it up here, you know, and put it in there. That to me, I, I can't get away from that. I, I just got to put it in there because I'm bringing my tithes to the storehouse. I'm not sending it through the bank. It doesn't. I guess it really doesn't matter. It's pre, um, personal preference. But well, as you can see, I'm not Lee. Um, she yes, she's much prettier than I am and teaches a whole lot better. But that doesn't mean that God can't show up, right? Amen. Tonight we're going to we're, we're still we're going to be in in uh, in our disciple book, the uh, communication chapter, which is really cool. And as I started started um, looking over this today, it be, um, I, a lot of this stuff was pretty common stuff that I already knew, and they, they pick up on some of this stuff. And you remember the, the book, The Five Love Languages? They, they pick up on all that, and they put it in there, and I recognize that that's where that was coming from. It was really cool. But, you know, communication as ministers, as we are ministers, communication sometimes is not exactly what all we say because in our exuberance, we can get, what, ahead of God. Y'all follow me? How many of you have done that? I have been so, what happens is you get way out ahead of God in your exuberance instead of learning to communicate and discerning the spirit and just being still. The art sometimes of ministry and communication is not so much what you say, it's what you don't say. This is what the Lord gave me this afternoon about this. this it's what you don't say. And you say, what do you mean by that? Because we become discerning to listen. If someone is really needing ministering to, they need to be heard. You need to listen to what they say. Let them vent out their issues. And when they get worn out by their venting of their issues, and you're discerning from the Spirit of God and not your exuberance, because again, how many of you sometimes, somebody's just spouting off, and oh, you just want to quote all kind of word to them, right? You know, sometimes, no, just listen. Be that loving friend that can communicate, because in a ministry setting, they need to be able to trust you, right? They're going to trust you when they start feeling comfortable with you. So I can just be still and listen and be their friend just for a second. You ever, you ever tried to talk to somebody and you just really felt like you just had to get it out and you couldn't get a word in edgewise because you were just being, right? That really doesn't do it a lot for a lot of people. They want people in communication want to be heard. Does that make sense? So we become still and discern from the Spirit of God just by what? 
listening. Boy, they got it toasty in here tonight. It's hot in here. <laughs> Robin's going, it feels good. Don't you dare touch that. <laughs> All right, I, I want to share a few things tonight. I won't hold you long, but this, but this communication thing is really cool. I'm going to start on the first thing here. When we ask couples about their marital problems, when we find that the lack of communication is the first on the list, oh my goodness, it, it is as if the spouse is speaking through an AM signal and the other is on FM. That makes sense. Yet all marriages must work on, work on being on the same frequency and on truly understanding each other. Carl, run them all, put the glasses All marriages must work on being on the same frequency and on truly understanding each other. Communication is a basis for understanding one another in any relationship. Now, they give a scripture reference on this, which is Ephesians 4.29. Which was, if you guys remember, when I first was ordained, I used to spit this out all the time because it's what the Lord gave to me. And it's what he was teaching me to do. Sometimes I always thought that when the Lord gave me a scripture, it was for everybody else. No, it was for me. And you know what the scripture was? Let no corruptible word come out of my mouth, only what brings faith and edification to the body. Necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And the funny thing the Lord showed me about that, most of the time it was what was coming out of my own mouth being heard by my own ears that was being my corrupter. Right? What I was speaking out of my own mouth, I was corrupting my own self by what I was speaking. So let no corruptible word come out of your mouth. Man, we want to be used of God. We want to be true ministers. A true minister is going to have to, uh, what I say in the beginning, it's not so much what I say, it's what I don't say. The ability to be quick, what? To listen, slow, to speak. Man, let me tell you something. I've had to swallow shoefuls of pride. You ever followed a shoe full of pride? Where you just want to, oh. I always love Jesse Duplantis. If any of you ever follow Jesse Duplantis, he says, God, just let me resurrect the old man just for a minute. Just for a minute, God. You know? Come on now. I mean, it's really true. Sometimes you feel that way. But you know what? I'm moving even past a point of even feeling that way right we come into a level of maturity no i don't want to re resurrect the old man when i resurrect the old man i show up y'all want the new man and carry you want the old man some some of y'all know the old one and this guy's a lot better he's a lot nicer a lot more patient a lot more a lot kinder sweeter things he says more compassionate i think <laughs> no, praise God. So, I love this. What is communication? It is an exchange of one's life with another. Hence, it requires, I love this, 
transparency. The ability not only to speak, but to hear. Oh, we're going to get into this. This is so good. It's, I can give you something between me and pages. It's amazing. You're going to love this. It is an exchange of one life with another. Hence, it requires transparency, impartation, and transference. To communicate is to make another partake. This is so good. Partake of your knowledge, possessions, and or feelings. It is sharing one's thoughts and emotions. Communication is vital within a marriage and family. Undoubtedly, we want to have the best communication with those we love. However, we must be careful because communication has a tendency to degenerate gradually and easily and go unnoticed. This is especially true in a marriage. All right? There are three levels, three levels of communication that we should be aware of in order to be effective communicators with everyone we interact with. Level of informal communication at this level, there is only a light exchange of words, such as greeting or small talk. It is the simplest level of communication. It does not require commitment or relationship. Number two, a level of personal communication. At this level, we're given, we're, I'm not going to say read every, everything. It, we're, you're given somebody just a little bit more of, of personal things. Just a little bit more, but not too profound. And that intimacy in that communication is held back. Now, the level of intimate communication is when we begin to share the intimate things of one another's life and trust. This goes back to that trust thing I was talking about a second ago, right? Being able to be able to listen to someone. Now, when it when it talks about us a few minutes ago about communication being, uh, it goes, it starts to deteriorate unnoticed. Now, let me tell you something. Women are communicators. Men are not. In this lesson, it says that men only speak 10 to 15,000 words a day. <sighs> to me, that's a lot. But women speak up to three times that amount. Up to 50,000 words a minute. Sometimes. I was seeing if you would catch that, Robin. She did. She caught it. Yes. Because sometimes that's exactly how I feel about my wife. Let me tell you why. Because sometimes, remember I was talking about this ability to listen. And this is what the Lord's really pulling out of this for me tonight. The ability to listen. Because see, love pulls you into another place. Because my wife is a beautiful, wonderful woman, and we have a fantastic marriage. We have an awesome relationship, and our communication is good. But there are times. There are times when she comes home, and she wants to tell me all about her day. Okay? Her day consists of 25 six-year-olds. Oh, I'm so interested. You get it? No, I'm not. 
There's only, I mean, how many stories, Paige, can I hear about you talking about little Johnny who just wet his pants right there in front of God and everybody? How many stories can I hear about this, this mother that is driving you nuts because she just thinks her child can do no wrong? Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. In a marriage or in a, in a friendship or anything else, it's not... A two, it's not a one-way street. It's back and forth. She needs that communication from me and she needs my attention. Now, most of the time when she's telling me this and I'm uninterested, she'll say, are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? And I'll go, yes, I'm, I'm listening to you. What did I just say? Uh, uh. Then I get this. You're not listening. She's so cute because she tightens her little lips up. You're not listening. And I have to catch myself because that's the moment in time that she really needs my attention. She's wanting my attention. She's wanting me to hear what she's saying. If, if I see women are emotional, men are physical, but let me tell you something. I only got one of you guys in the back. If you want a woman to really truly love you, love you, love you, and I mean love you, man, you got to get in her head. You got to get in her head because it's all up here with her. She has to absolutely feel like that you care about her and what happens to her and what's going on with her and how her day was. That communication, you got to turn your ears on. I'm basically talking to men right now, so you know, but I mean, that is the way a woman wants to be communicated to. Come on, girls, am I right? Y'all give me an amen if I'm right. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. She wants to, they want to hear that. They want to know that you care and you're interested. I, I even said one time I really deflated her because it just, I remember one day I had listened and she had just had one of those days. You ever have one of those days and you just want to just, you just want to expel because it's up to here in you and you feel like if I don't get it out, I, my head's going to be like a volcano, going to be like Mount St. Helens in the 1987. It's just going to go boom, right? Women are emotional, men are physical. I'm sorry, that's the way we're built. And she was just, I mean, she just was just expelling and expelling and expelling and expelling. I'm thinking, God, is she ever going to stop? And I mean, it just got to the point where it become like nails on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, and I'm going, oh! And I finally, I, I finally said, Paige, I don't care about this. That was terrible. I remember, it's been, this has been a while back. Paige, I, Paige, Paige, I, I don't care about this. I'll never do that again because it hurt her. It really did. It hurt her. Because when, when she, when I, I mean, it's like, I'm that one person that she can tell and expel her whole everything to. And I just looked at her and said, I don't, I, I'm not interested in that. Oh, I learned a lot from that. And she may not even remember it, but I'll never forget it. 
And it was about that time that we started studying on the love languages. Uh, I'm going to tell you, this is how important the communication is. What, again, it's not just marriage. This is wonderful stuff for people that are married. But in a ministry setting, come on. Y'all following the differences here? You know, again, I'm not Lee. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't have that teacher gift all that great, but. Huh? I'm Carrie. That's right. That's, thank you, Sheila. So that ability to listen is the most important of the communication skills, not to speak, but to hear and to listen. Everybody agreeing with that? We good? Praise God. All right. So when we get to a, a level of intimate communication, I want to read this one more time. At this level, details of our intimate life, feeling, emotions, and personal beliefs are shared, including, oh, this was Paige, her dreams, her expectations, her goals, her triumphs, her failures, and her letdowns. This is the highest level of communication. I get that? Isn't that good? I love this. God gave us a physical body. And the evangelist is really going to get this and understand this. God gave us a physical body to express. Robin, we can't talk without our hands. You tie my hands up and I, I can't talk. It messes me up. Right? Exactly right. Right? God gave us the physical body to express everything that we want to say and feel. For example, we make facial and bodily gestures by changing the expression on our faces or moving our hands or so forth. The following are three basic principles that we need to apply to improve our communication with our family. And people in general. Remember I said just a second ago. Paige said. Are you listening to me? Hey, Monica. Are you listening to me? Look at the number one here. Look at me. To know. Who I am. Look at me to know who I am. Sometimes words are not enough to communicate effectively and with precision. Thus, it's very important to know people just as they are so that in seeing their hand movements, stare, facial expressions, oh, and this is a big one, tone, a voice, tone of voice, and more, we may clearly understand what they are really trying to say. Let me tell you something. I've said this, and I, I, don't, I don't mean to be from just a male perspective here, but women, for you unmarried guys back there, and for this married dude right here that's going to go, dude, I am so with you. I know what you're talking about. A woman has a look, and she has a tone. And that look and that tone, you're going to know she means business. It's on. It's on now, right? I know the look. When I get the look, I feel like a puppy. It's on now. I got to fix what I just did because I'm in trouble. You know, I don't even want to hear the tone. I stop at the look. Right? 
Because I've learned my body, my, my mate's body language. Man, I, I can see it. My lips get tight. Mm. That, that, that kind of look, ooh. I mean, it may, things that make you go, ooh. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm trying to be humorous to get you all lighting up. I'm serious. Understand the body language, right? In fact, everyone likes to be heard, but we are not all good listeners. Therefore, we must be taught. One rule of thumb is to look at the person who is talking. How many times is somebody talking to you and you are preoccupied with something else? Your attention's been diverted when that person's really wanting your attention. Like, you know, you're, you, you hear her while you're watching the news and you, this is what you hear. It's like a mosquito in your ear. Come on, man, I'm being real. You know, your focus is on the news because you want to hear what was going on and that was important to you and you hear her just a yapping in the back. And finally you just get, you, you know, your head starts pulling sideways because you hear it so much, right? In fact, everyone likes to be heard, but we are not all good listeners. Therefore, we must be taught. One rule of thumb is to look at the person who is talking. Give them your attention. And both, it, it is both uncomfortable and impolite to be engaged in different activities such as working, reading, or watching TV while another is talking. This goes back to that intimate, the intimate intimacy of the relationship of communication, right? Look at me, look at who I am. Y'all following? All right, number two. Listen to me. I'm, I'm just covering what I've already told you, what I've, I've told you with me and Paige. Sometimes we hear something, but we're not listening or understanding. In other words, we know someone is relaying a message, but we're not listening with the intention to absorb or grasp it. Most people sir, suffer from male deafness. It doesn't suck. <laughs> Robin is good, man. She is on me tonight. Perfect. That's not what it says, Robin. Just deafness. Because we're preoccupied. Either because they're, they're, they are unaccustomed to listening or distracted with life's worries or uninterested in the individual or because they fear the conversation will end up in an argument. Oh, man. Now, let me ask you something. How many times in a relationship of communication have you felt like, I ain't going there because if I go there, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. There's going to be World War III up in here tonight. Right? How do you diffuse that? A kind word does what? I say a kind word does what? Now, if both partners in this communicative relationship can get on that page, and a lot of times it doesn't happen for both at one time, it's going to take one, it's going to take one to be silent and let the other go. Right? The other's going to have to be silent as they work out this salvation between the two. 
Amen? That's good stuff right there. I don't care who you are. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's good stuff. All right? Amen. Okay. Here's a scripture. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. All right? The biggest maturing in communication with Paige and I, as we were going through the process here, was the when when it was so beautiful with us. I mean, God just worked with us so beautiful because when one was down, the other one was up, and, when, and vice versa. And when you know, when she wanted when she wanted to argue and complain and fuss, I wouldn't have any of it. I'd just be just as quiet as a church mouse, and vice versa. And it only took a few times of this rotation to where we really learned each other. And what happened was, in this rotation, it drew us up into the character of Christ. And then we were able to recognize how the enemy was working in our relationship and to cut it off before it, now, before it ever got started. Paige and I rarely, rarely have words about anything. Now, I'm not saying we're just Mr. and Mrs. Perfect. No, but rarely, rarely. And if there is something, it's usually very sharp and very over very quickly. We've learned to move on from that. There's nothing, there's no, there is nothing good going to come of it. We just move on from it. Amen? All right. This is, this is what, this is that statistic I want to give you again. It says, men, by nature, are communicative, or more less communicative than women. Men speak approximately ten to fifteen thousand words a day, and women speak twenty-five to fifty thousand words a day. <laughs> Just they speak wisdom greater than we do. That was good for the internet, right there. You hear me? That's wisdom. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Man has a split brain. Woman has a whole brain. Red light we carry. Red well, I can tell this is over now. We're going to pray now. Everybody line up. Line up because we're going to pray now. Because you can. Okay, okay, Mr. Single Guy that's never experienced that. Okay. I got you. I got you. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. This is what I learned. Um, this is what I learned. Paige, Paige is my discerner. And there's times that Carrie's stupid. Now come on, I, I, I'm being so real right now. There's times that she is going to discern and see things. That's happened in this ministry. I remember one time she said, don't do that. And she was emphatic with her. And I just blew her off. Now I'm doing it. It caused me great pain. It caused, I grieved the Holy Spirit when I did it. It caused me great pain. And a trip to the principal's office. And if I'd have listened to my wife, who was discerning and going, 
that's no, you don't need to do that. I wouldn't have. So, you know, I want to listen, and I've actually a lot of conversations with Carl and Chris. Listen to your wife. I don't care how mature you think she is or she's not. Listen to her because sometimes she's giving you a direction is, is of God. You have become one. Right? Amen. Hey, James. Number three. Get to know me. So we can love one another. Man, I covered that while ago too. Getting to, it's funny, as I studied this, I began teaching it out before I could get there. Getting to know someone implies many things, including diligence, interest, and effort, 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 in order to understand and accept them with their flaws or weaknesses. Not knowing the speaker gives way to communication, gives way to miscommunication, and it lessens the effect and effectiveness of the communication process okay listen that goes back to what I said earlier if I'm just going to be the one doing all the talking and I'm the one that's got all the information and I feel like I'm the one that's, that's right nothing's ever going to work in this, in, in this communication relationship remember what I said in the very beginning the most important thing that you can do is not what you say, it's how you listen. Amen? <clears throat> Getting to know other people encompasses three specific areas. Spiritual, emotional, and physical. And Lee is amazing at this. Lee really is, she is absolutely incredible at this because if you're around Lee long enough, she knows where you are spiritually, she knows where you are physically, and she knows where you are emotionally. And she can minister because she has discerned the placements of where you are and therefore she communicates with you on a level that you will receive and you will be restored in the area that you need to be restored in. Now, I'm going to ask you, how many of y'all have not experienced that from her here? I mean, every one of us has received from that. So when we discern getting to know people spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Husbands, and they backed it up with 1 Peter 3 and 7. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding. I dwell with Robin with understanding. You know, there's sometimes there, there's sometimes I have I've personally hurt for some of you because I knew where you are emotionally. You know, Robin, you're a great example. You know, Robin's mom passed away, and um, Robin couldn't couldn't get a hold of anybody, and she finally got me, and I drove to the hospital where she was at the hospital. You know, I I could feel Robin's hurt. Of course, anybody in that area, but. But I mean, when we you start, you start really discerning and understanding somebody's position. That's when I can effectively really minister to that person, not being exuberant for God. Exuberance is not the Holy Spirit. Say that again. Exuberance is not the Holy Spirit. 
It is your soul excited for God. Nothing wrong with that. Lord knows the church needs a little more of it. To have a strong and healthy relationship, we must understand and know the other person. Understanding is a vital for a successful marriage. It helps each spouse improve the areas that they like. This includes making intimacy more pleasurable. Effective communication demands a significant investment of our time and interest. Remember what I said just a second ago? If, if you really want to please a woman, you have to get to her soul. Any comments? Y'all quiet. What are you thinking? Somebody say something. It's vital, sure. Somebody say something. Praise God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think there might be a little communication needs to be had here, right here. Maybe you need to come up here and do a little listening, Todd. Praise God. That's funny. You know, it goes into these love languages. It's funny. How many of you have found out what your love language is? You've, you've read that and know what it is. Okay. Well, part of my wife's love language is gifts. She likes gifts. I, gifts are not my thing. Because the gifts I would want are gifts very few people could ever afford to give me. <laughs> you know? You know, I, I want a 1960, I, I want a 1969 Chevelle 396 four in the floor, completely restored, which would probably be somewhere around seventy, eighty thousand dollars. That's not going to, you know, you, the average person is not going to be able to give me that. Or I, I might like a nice Rolex watch. I gave one away one time. I might like one of those, but the average person isn't going to give that to me. But you know, it doesn't mean that it has to be that kind of gift. You know, just. Little things you do for people, but that's not my love language. You know what my love language is? Yes. Words of affirmation. That's Gene's love language too. He says, Gene says, I hate that. I don't like that. That's what you are. I'm sorry. You took the test. It's like we did. (laughs) You know, even Gene likes to say, man, thank you. I appreciate it. That word tonight was awesome. But at the same time, you know, it's the way we receive stuff. But isn't it funny? Just little things we can say to somebody in a communication sense that just edifies them. Let no corruptible word. But hey, wait a minute. What if the word is not corruptible? What if the word is edifying? What does it do? It does the very opposite of what the corruptible word would do. It edifies the person. It edifies that soul. When I tell you, hey man, that was a great job. Thank you. Man, sometimes I've just worked my fingers to the bone over here and I just want Gene to say one time, hey man, appreciate it. Thank you. And he does. That's all I need. Just tell me I'm doing the right thing. If that's, you said you? Doesn't it affect you that way? Just tell me I'm doing the right thing. It's just like, it charges me down that thing. Just like where my wife, if I bring home, you know what she loves? She loves fresh flowers. She loves fresh flowers. Any fresh flower. She likes some um, uh, the, uh, the, the the white ones, the um, uh, lilies. 
You know, so sometimes, all the time they don't have lilies here seasonal, but I'll just, you know, even if it's just the big old bunch at, at Sam's, you know, just bring a big bunch home, and she just lights up like a Christmas tree when I walk in with these flowers because I'm telling her, I was thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. I love you, and I know this is something you love. That's her love language. Just a gift. Some people are service. Serving our spouse makes us makes him or her feel loved and appreciated. We should always seek to serve others with our time, effort, and attention. Service. You know that that right there just just took me to a message. If any of y'all were with me when I went to Hinesville earlier in the year, that service. Because this is so, this will revolutionize your life. I think I'll share it really quick. Romans 12, Paul speaking, and Paul says, I beseech you, brothers, by the tender mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to me, for that is your reasonable service. Then he goes on to say, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When I went to Hinesville, there was a 14-year-old kid, and he was here last Saturday night, him and his dad. You were here. And him and his dad preached the Sunday before I did. They tag-teamed. It was pretty cool. It was a really cool thing. And I remember saying, Lord, I'd like to do that with my son one day. But this boy was, this 14-year-old boy was teaching on don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, the, and I went one week prior you know, that, that Sunday before I was supposed to come speak because I just wanted to get a feel for the church. I hadn't been there in a service, in a church service. And the Lord spoke to me on the front row and he said, this is right, but you will never conform to me and not be conformed to the world until you do verse number one. He spoke that to me so loud. And, you know, and at the time, I immediately went back down to my Bible and I looked at verse 1. In verse 1, he says, I beseech you, brother, by the tender mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice. First off, it is so important. It made me go dig, Sheila, and study this because the Lord said you can't do the second verse until you do the first verse. And the first thing he says is, I beseech you. Do you know what that word beseech means? It means to beg. Beg. So Paul thought it was so important that he's speaking to them and he is in a mode of absolute begging. I need you to hear me. And see that word, present your body, a living sacrifice. You know, that term in the Greek means that I give. Excuse me, in the Hebrew, it means I give. I give of myself. I give myself. Oh, listen, because we're talking about this service thing again. I give myself. And the second thing in the Greek, it means that I serve tables. I serve tables. So let's put this in perspective. I beg you, brothers, by the tender mercies of God, that you would give yourself and serve tables, for this is your reasonable service. What is your reasonable service? I studied this all out and went back. It was a great service. Your reasonable service is your worship unto Him. 
But see, when I become the servant, when I'm giving of myself and I become the servant, if we could do that in all our relationships, in all our conversations, in all our communication, when we become the servant, man, what are we doing? We are humbling ourselves. We're going to take a beating sometimes. We're going to take a tongue lashing sometimes. But we become the servant that we understand what's coming from them is not them speaking. Be the more mature one. Don't let things anger you. Listen, be quick to hear, slow to speak. For anger does not what? It will not never create the righteousness of God. What is the righteousness of God? His right standing. It's right standing. Anytime you get angry, hey, let me, let me start some of this anger thing just for a second. Because let me tell you, I was the king of angry. I came in this place angry. I did. Right out of the church, speaking in tongues, angry. Right out of the praise team, angry. So I know a little bit of what I'm talking about. Listen, there's a righteous anger. There is. It should last about this long. And it's done. That long. If it lasts longer than that, let me tell you something. You are opening the door for the enemy to come in and then he wants to start a repeat. It's like he puts the, he puts the CD on replay of those words that were spoken to you and they play over and over and over and over in your soul until you get more angry and more angry. I should have said this, right? Come on, we all know this stuff. We all know this stuff. And he goes back to Ephesians. Ephesians says, strip off the old nature in this. Don't do it. In stripping off that old nature, he says, be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. If I'm going to be constantly renewed in the spirit of my mind, I've got to feed my mind with what? The Word. And more importantly, what else? Worship. Let me tell you a beautiful testimony. Last night at my house of peace, I had my two boys. This was beautiful. This is just beautiful. My two boys. And you know, teenage boys, they struggle with stuff. 40-year-old boys struggle with stuff. <laughs> right? Come on. They struggle with stuff. And sometimes, how many of us have been in a repeat performance? Over and over. Over and over. Even being saved, begging God to forgive you. And you, what? I can't forgive you. I already did. You can't crucify me again for this sin. You have to strip off and be renewed. Everything requires an action with God. Oh, man, I come from the Spirit. That came from the Holy Spirit. Everything requires an action from Him. Faith requires an action. So even if I'm in this pattern of, of failure and going over and over again, if I'm renewed in the spirit of my mind, now I've got to do something in action to step towards Christ because He said, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And by the faith of your action, now grace shows up and now power comes 
where you didn't have it. So many times as Christians in the church, they've tried over and over and over again to stop the sin, to stop the sin, to stop the sin, and they can't because they're trying to do it in their own self will. Your self will will never be stronger than the devil. Ever. I'm not glorifying His power, but it's greater than your self-will. He will beat you down, wear you down, wear you out until you go right back into the pattern. It's only when we step towards God, stripping off, that the power will come. And the stripping off is going to absolutely making, making an absolute decision, no. But then, stepping towards Him in worship, and in word, and you know, it's not like it requires hours and hours. Come on, I can't get a 16-year-old kid to worship for three hours. I can't. I can't get my 23-year-old to worship for hours. It's difficult enough for me to worship for hours. Your flesh is opposed to it. But you know what? They heard what I said last night. They heard it. And this is the beautiful thing about communication. When, you, when they see your love, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing this this year with my own family when they really see my love and I've just become that servant to them. Y'all getting this? So I said, and I almost said it as a joke. Okay, guys, well, I'm going to get y'all up earlier in the morning, an hour earlier in the morning, and we're going we're gonna to come in the, uh, in the den and we're going to worship. You ever heard crickets? It was crickets for just a minute. It was like, I just put it out there because it just, and this really was God. It wasn't me. He just, and then crickets. And then my youngest, Josh, said, I'll do it. Get me out. Christian kind of reluctantly said, okay. All right. So this morning, I had to honor what I said. And I was thinking, they're not going to get up. How many of y'all have been in my house lately? i got a, a, a big brand new area rug in my den. So soft. I mean, it is such a, it is a cool, cool rug, man. We love, we love this rug, right? So, it was, I got them up, both of them up about an hour earlier than they would normally get up. And, um, and I said, you know, I'm not going to push them and test them. I'm just going to maybe 30, 45 minutes. I want to tell you something. The most beautiful thing happened is my boys got up with me this morning. Not only did my boys get up, my wife got up. And on this rug, the whole family this morning was standing there worshiping. And that was beautiful. I mean, it was an awesome experience. And you know, um, Christians not a morning person. Me, I, I'm up, done. You know, Christians, he came in the den. Right? But he did. He did. Because, you know, I'm going to tell you, when he's walking in there, I'm going, here comes faith. Come on. Come on. What, why, why am I saying this? Because here comes faith. When it don't feel like it, when it don't want to, 
When it's stripping off everything and it's going towards God. And when, I, when it's going towards God, God's saying, now I see the sincerity of your heart and I'm coming down. As I'm standing there worshiping, God was telling me my altar in my home is growing. It became a very powerful moment for me this morning. But after you know, the first 20 minutes, Christian was just standing there. I mean, you know, he was just like, I want to be in the bed. But then some of the new wine lists come on. When he went to Miami, he got introduced to new wine. And I never in a million years would think that he would like that kind of music. It turned him inside out. And all of a sudden, about halfway through it this morning, I saw him Christian. And I'm standing there, and I'm telling you what. Y'all heard this from me before. You know that. I mean, I was doing the Snoopy dance, man, because it was just, it was just, man, it was like, I am jabbing a knife in your heart, devil. <clears throat> because faith and action, faith pleases God. My position was to be the servant. I didn't have to teach my boys last night. They're just, what the most beautiful thing is, is they're now seeing such a love in me that they'll listen. That's what's beautiful. And I've told them both, I plant, 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 plant. It's going to take some of the Todd's and the Chris's. It's going to water Carl's. Name is so much I can plant. You know, your kids, they love dad. They hear dad, they, like, they hear wisdom, but it takes more. It takes the ministers. It takes their discernment, and their wisdom, and their communication skills. Amen? Go ahead, Sheila. What you did, you planted a seed in them, and then you challenged them. And um, so it helped to build their faith, and then also allow them to see something that they really can do with the Spirit of God, yes. and get up, you know, yes. and worship Him. So thank God for you giving them that boost. Yes. To say, hey, come join me. Being the yeah. servant. But I mean, think about it. This what's just so amazing to me about this. I want you to think about something. Think about all the 16-year-old and 22-year-olds that you know. Come on, man. One had to get up an hour earlier before work and the other an hour earlier before school. And yet, I didn't make them. I opened their door. I said, hey, man, you going to come worship with me this morning? All I said, it wasn't a demand. Hey Amen. Come on. You realize the strength and the power now that's going to be formulated. Because I'm going to keep going back. And you know, it's going to be a morning and I don't want to get up. Okay? I'm not going to beat them up for it. I'm just going to keep loving on them, man. The more I love on them, the more they... I have found the more I love on somebody, the more they're attracted to me. It's amazing. I thought my wife loved me. I started loving on that woman and getting into her love languages and <laughs> play that funky music, white boy. Right? Come on. It's the same thing with all of us. Don't all of us want to be loved? 
You know, when, when Robin's mom died, I said, Robin, I'm here to serve you. What can I do for you? When we have, when we have that attitude, I'm not, there's nothing special about me. There's nothing, no big I, big U's in the kingdom. What can you do to serve? And a lot of times it's just listening. It's just listening. Amen? Anybody got a comment? Therese, you always got a comment. You, you ain't con- Somebody just give a woman a microphone because she's, she hadn't commented in so long. Say, speak. Hello. Is this on? It's on. I don't have a comment, but I'm just taking it all in. I'm just listening. I love I love Cherise. She's either going to be stone quiet or you can't hush her up. It's, it's, one, it's, it's one spectrum or the other. It's okay. It's all right. I love you and you know I love you. Amen? Okay. What time is it? Wow. That was a quick hour, wasn't it? Mercy. Man. Okay, I'm, I'm going I'm to finish up here. I'm going to finish up with this, guys. Communication, this involves having things in common and sharing them with one another. This is exactly what happened to me and my family last night. Becoming a friend and comrade to your spouse requires time, effort, and a commitment from both sides. Therefore, engage in activities you can enjoy together, side by side. For example, this is the most odd example. Polish furniture together. Who does that excite? I mean, really? Polish furniture together? I mean, did a couch maker or a furniture maker write this? It's funny. Play a sport. Take a foreign language class. <laughs> it's so silly, it's ridiculous. And anything else you both enjoy. But you get the point, right? In order to mutually partake in such activities, both will need to make sacrifices. And that's why there's such silly examples. Because there's going to be something that I absolutely love to do that Paige doesn't love to do. I love to play golf. Paige... Could care less if she ever saw a golf club, course, golf ball, golf club. It don't matter. She has absolutely zero interest in that, right? And vice versa. There's things that Paige likes to do that I have no interest in. Both will need to make sacrifices. If, up to this point, you have been wasting your energy in opposite objectives, you must now come together and join forces into one common goal and that is exactly what the Lord taught my whole family last night the one common goal amen that's all I got I love the way y'all don't you love the way I end this is this has been really cool because with with all the or the people in the ordination coming I haven't I haven't actually taught in here in about two three months now I've missed teaching in here and preaching in here. It's cool in here. Amen. <laughs> Monica came in one Thursday morning right back from Miami and I was about to
blow a head gasket in here, man. It was awesome. It was amazing how we how the anointing worked. Praise God. Anybody got a comment? Anybody got a question? Question? Comment? James, you James is just lit up over there. His eyes are bright and wide. Anything? Hold on, hold on. Start over. My sister's always preached to me about listening and being a listener. So it really ministered to me and how to go about it and how to how to do it. And obviously, I've been guilty of doing more talking or exuberance and not discerning and just blurting right out there and not really listening and discerning before I speak. So I really need to listen too. Praise God! Praise God! It's it's all about just discerning as as we get up as we mature more and mature more. It starts coming very naturally. Where we we let me tell you, I've said this about um, some. There's a few people I know, and I said, "Listen, if you need to know what's going on," and it was about a certain person. I said, "Just listen; they'll tell you everything you need to know. They'll tell you everything you need to know if you just listen. You don't have to even ask intimate questions." If you just listen, it'll start flowing out like a like a flood. Just listen. Amen. That 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 anointing to listen is greater than your exuberance for Christ. Because remember, exuberance is not the Holy Spirit. But that happens to me all the time. People will just tell me everything, all their intimate stories and everything, but. A lot of times they're not ready to listen to what the word says about it. You don't want to be preaching at them. So where do you draw the line? Because there? they have to build a relationship of transparency and trust with you and your love, the love of God in you that you're showing them is going to so attract them to you till there will come a point when then, when the time is right, discern the seasons and the times you will be able to speak to them about the love of Christ and then they'll receive. You have to discern when it's time. There's t there's other, sometimes, again, exuberance just, they, don't, they, you, they just get turned off. Or you're a Bible thumper. No, it's not so much what we say, it's what we do. They want to see Christ in you because the people in the world right now, they look at the church and go, I'm just as good as they are. He's going through a divorce. He's been that big deacon over there for so many years. They're not seeing a difference. So they have to see a purity of walk in us. That, that Christ becomes so prevalent in us. What we, we were on this rotation here a couple months ago. Born again, filled with the Spirit, and then flooded with God and running over. When we get to this point is when we walk into a room and an atmosphere gets changed. Yes, ma'am. Um, I guess that you only made a comment. Um, I would say that I wasn't always the best communicator, especially like, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone and that was something that you weren't good at. 
but I remember there was this particular um, instance over the summer, and you know that me and Jess, we hadn't talked for years, and then I guess the the spiritual growth that I had, when it came time for us to talk, I didn't have... I didn't, I was, it's not, I was able to say anything. All I, I was able to listen and let him talk because at that moment, what needed to be said, I, I couldn't re- reply because they needed to get it out. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That's what we've been um, talking about tonight. But I guess just even in being able to listen, and then I think maybe after two or three hours, I think he was done talking. And he was like, I'm glad I got that out. Thank you for listening. Like, I didn't think that you, would actually sit here and listen to all of that without saying anything. You but, see how that put him at ease? Mm-hmm. Yes, I was going to say, like, sometimes, or even, like, over the past few months, it's just like, you know, when you know when not to say anything like you were saying, or you pick up on each other's love language, or you can pick up on when that other person's angry, like, because I always don't have my filter on, like, I always... I don't think about everything that I want to say. I'll just say it. Um, like he'll pick up on that. He's just like, I'm going to tell you that you're saying that out of, out of anger and I'm not going to respond to that and feed into that. That takes me to something else really quick. We don't have time for me to really get into this, this teaching, but have you, um, hold on one second. Let me find it. It's called a choric, choleric, excuse me. Yeah. Personality types, choleric. Say it again, Robin? Choleric. Choleric. Because it's not pronounced like it's spelled. That's the problem. Enjoys projects, is a visionary, and has a very lively attitude and is strong-minded. Did I look over my glasses at you? Yes, I did. Sanguine enjoys being around people, is generous, outspoken, and tends to speak before they think. Wait a minute. Now, just for your information, I'm both of those two. I'm choleric and sanguine. I'm both of those things. Now, the maturity of Christ, the stripping off, and the being renewed in the spirit of your mind begins to mature your tongue. Be quiet. So I'm not speaking what I think. Because if I spoke all the time, what comes across my head, whew, that's scary. <laughs> oh, y'all laugh, but it's scary for you too. Yeah, definitely. Because you sometimes you go, I'm going to say that. Uh-uh, that wouldn't be good. Especially when I'm thinking about my wife sometime. I'll get that tight lip and that, that tone again I don't want to hear. But I mean, I remember that, that, was, that was great. Because once we learn who we are, see, we do it a different way. That's actually the clinical terms. We all go by what? Ruby, Emerald, Sapphire, and Pearl. We've we've gone the personality traits that way, the choleric, sanguine, and then there's there's just 
melancholy and phlegmatic, right? Um, hmm? Yeah, where did I just had that one? What is wrong with my eyes tonight? Is it 87? Is it 87 at the very bottom of the card? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Phlegmatic likes to be alone, takes life with an easygoing attitude. That ain't me. Huh? Yes, that's Todd. Todd is absolutely phlegmatic. Melancholy enjoys nature, outings, and perfectionist, and is hypersensitive. That's also Todd. Right? See, I know Todd. Todd loves the outdoors. He likes to hunt and fish. And sometimes he can be sensitive. It's okay. Right? That's right. That's why I need him. Sometimes I need to be more sensitive. Amen? Know yourself. All right. Any more comments? Praise God. It has been an honor to be able to, to teach tonight. Because I haven't taught in here so long. It's just, it was awesome. Um, so we'll get back on our regular process on next Thursday. But um, thank you guys for coming. It was a pleasure and a joy. Amen? Let's dismiss. Lord, I thank you and I honor your presence today. God, you're so awesome. Lord, instill in every one of us today, Lord, to be a servant. God, let the spirit of servanthood come over us. God, that we would serve one another with a fervent love, with an agape love, Lord. We would be able to love beyond ourselves. We would be able to listen beyond ourselves. Communicate beyond ourselves, which only comes from you, God. Lord, we lift you and we thank you. I thank you that you keep every one of us safe, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.